Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Debrief Podcast. This is Senior Airman Trenton Jans, joined as always with our 97th Air Mobility Wing Command Team, Colonel Baker and Chief Flores. Uh, gentlemen, welcome back for episode 9.7. Yeah, 9.7. How are how are you guys? Oh, we're we're great. Uh, couldn't couldn't be better, I don't think, Chief. We've we've had a just absolutely fantastic last couple of days, couple of weeks. Little reflection time, right? Uh think about where we are, where we've come. Been good. Yes, sir, lots of reflection. We just had a new 19th Air Force commander in the seat, uh, yeah. General Quinn, and uh he just happened to ask us, "Hey, send us your 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 top three wins and your top three challenges and uh, what ready or not uh, it's going to have you face and reflect on 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 all of the big wins all the things that have happened here and that's just a great reflection. Me and Colonel Baker spent what fifteen hours in a car together. Yeah, so on the drive back we had a chance to really start thinking about that and as we were laying that out and what to communicate with General Quinn, who's going to be a great commander um, for 19th Air Force. It was a good opportunity to yeah to reflect a little bit. But busy, I would say we're surging, um, but all goodness. Yeah. All goodness. So when you talk about burnout, uh, burnout is uh, to me just something that you're not looking forward to anymore. And, and uh, it's kind of deflating. This is all a net positive, as you like to call it, Colonel Baker. Yeah. All of it. And so. uh, for, for those of you who don't know, Colonel Baker and Chief Flores, uh, they are on their way out. The, the change of command is coming up. Uh, anxious for it, at least myself. Uh, the... These two gentlemen were were my first command team when I showed up here, and uh, they they've meant certainly a lot, uh, especially in mentorship uh, uh, to myself. So uh, I know that's coming up. And uh, gentlemen, I wanted to uh, chief you brought up uh, you know the three the three goods and three possibly more challenging. Uh, things that uh, happened during your your time here. Uh, I'd love to jump into that. Uh, if you want to, we'll just go right into the to the good. You know, what what's one thing that really stood out uh, to both of you that uh, you can reflect on and be like, wow, that was an amazing experience here at Altus Air Force Base. Well, number one to me, and I don't know if it's number one, but the thing that stands out the most and tangibly probably gets the most attention is force development. Uh, we've gotten a lot of things to the finish line when it comes to that at the wing level. You know, we can wait for NCO Academy or um, ACSC and, and, and uh, the CGO ones are... Uh, Officer Leadership Academy? No, no. The, the ones we send people to Air University for. Oh, SOS? SOS. And can we see? I need, I need to go back to PME, apparently. <laughs> uh, and some okay. of these other, like, bigger programmatics. Um, uh, hey, what are you doing? The cavalry's not coming. You create your own cavalry. And uh, we gave a vision to our team, and they really took the ground. They, they really uh, took grasp on that, and and they took it miles ahead. And uh, we've had a lot of force development programs that, that have been adopted at the Air Force level, at the MATCHCOM level. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, the proof in the puddings, I like to think we've developed better frontline supervisors, better officership, as you like to call it, sir. Um, that's one thing that I'm really proud of. And as we move on, I think it'll stick. That's what the biggest thing – the mark of a of a good team is when you move on to do the programs still stay. And I think these programs are going to stay not just here, but in, across the Air Force with some of them. So uh, I would say as one of the top three for me, sir. Yeah. 
I agree with that. And mind, what immediately comes to mind is the culture. When you, when you look at what ultimately leads to our prevailing metric, which is mission accomplishment, but the question is, how do you get there? There's, there's no doubt we've had record years, you know, 15 year high water mark in terms of mission accomplishment, our number one prevailing metric over the last fiscal years. And we're probably going to top that again this year, which is important. It's, it's why we're here. It's the purpose of, of um, what our airmen do every single day and the excellence they display. But how do you get there is the question. And, but what, what I think of first when you ask that question in that way is the culture. Um, we have a culture of a very high standard of professionalism. Like Chief said, when you look at the force development programs, which absolutely feed into that, uh, we we really invest in our airmen and our families and our teams, and that includes our civilian airmen too. And so that leads to, I think, a very high bar. There is a, I, I believe this, and of course I come with a certain set of bias, and so does Chief. Um, we're the commander and command chief. So that said, I do believe that uh, the folks that come to Altus, they can feel it. It's, it's something that is visible. We talk about the world's most inspired, proficient, and adaptive mobility warriors. It's real. And, and we, we know that, that, um, that our airmen are displaying those characteristics, and I'm proud of that. It's the thing that I think it, I'm most proud of uh, is the culture that we have and a what-do-you-need team kind of culture here. And so when you come to Altus, we've got our guiding principles that we've laid out, which I think is great. And I do think they'll stick just like Chief does. Uh, but that's the feeling that you get when you come to an organization. And it is absolutely mission excellence, professionalism, and there's a culture of uh, treating each other like family and caring for each other. So that's what I think I'm most proud of. Let me tell you how we, how we know, how I know we have great culture is I've never heard you tell group commanders when we have, name your DV, a, a general officer, a senator, a governor, um, haircuts, and uniforms. I've never had to see you do that. And that's a mark of we are very proud of our airmen. And you can come up. We have always said you can come unannounced to our base. Uh, any interaction with any airmen, we're, we're co- comfortable. It's going to go extremely well and a very high bar because of the culture that we have here. And, and it just came to me that that's the one thing I've always heard in every base. Like, hey, make sure haircuts and uniforms are good. And I used to, I used to get under my skin like, oh, let's, why don't we say that once and then hold people accountable? Yeah, uh, it's a great point. And I think that's, you know, the concept there is brilliance in the basics. We talked about this before with Chief. If, if we're having a conversation about back to the basics, we're, we're off track already. And I think the idea of brilliance in the basics and holding that very high standard. And I think our airmen appreciate that. They don't sign up to join our Air Force for an easy job. Of all the ALS classes that we've ever talked to, of all of the senior NCOs and the CGOs or their flight commander's course, Every time we ask a question, you know, raise your hand if you join because you want an easy job. The hands never go up. And I know for a fact that the reason you joined, you joined, and anybody across this base um, is because they want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. There may also be benefits. They may have joined because they're, they're trying to get a different perspective on life. They're trying to see the world, and that's all valid, and that's all great. But fundamentally, I think they understand that the standards and the discipline are what set us apart. It's what gives us purpose in what we do. And so I'm proud of that. We're really proud of that. And I think you can, you can see that. And, and the feedback we get from you know, folks that uh, come off the base, guests usually, um, is extremely, extremely effusive, uh, in fact, in the, uh, in the praise for our airmen. So. And then if you talk about challenges that became a win, 
Uh, I would say the how the team did the opening year of 2022, faced with one of the largest uh, air crew student backlogs I've ever seen, combined with a with the toughest COVID environment uh, the world has seen up to then. You talk about um, infection rates were like tripled, quadrupled every single day. Um, and they still managed to keep a 95% mission rate going to clear that bat- backlog while we had such a high COVID rate. And we, I mean, the things that people were doing, the ingenuity with, with medical and the OG and, the, and their scheduling processes uh, to group commanders being their own secretaries and answering phones, whatever needed to happen, all hands on deck uh, to make the mission happen. And when the smoke cleared, uh, we got that backlog cleared and we got through it relatively healthy. Uh, and safe, and, and the team was proud, I would say. So that's one of those perfect uh, examples of how adversity uh, show the best and what our folks have to bring. And at the end, of, that's something that everybody's proud of. Um, so I think all of that came contextually into light with that. It did. And when Chief was talking there, I was also thinking about how at any given moment during that period of time, or really name your time, but that was one of the most challenging times was absolutely during that spring of 2022 where you had the omicron you had winter weather and then already a backlog and the wing was surging um, really um, just just right on the tail end of omicron so we're still coming out of that and what was amazing is each group led at different times so the med group to get us through omicron i mean that was so inspiring it was incredible we had the group commander we had judy rattan colonel judy rattan one point answering phones Uh, we had folks that were redesigning the testing process in the middle of that I mean, we fought our way through that. We had the operations group um, that figured out how do we use test at-home test kits to figure out how to test so that we can preserve some capability if we get a crew that gets fragged out ahead of time, then we can um, make sure that we can generate air power the next day. And so it was it was the group stepping up one after the other after the other um, at different times during that to carry us. And it was really incredible. And, you know, through that all, we, we think about, I already mentioned the medical group, the ops group, how... Um, you know, they were figuring out those those very innovative ways to work through that and continue to deliver mission. The maintainers who threw all of it, the A-team, that remarkably generated air power every single day they were asked to do that. And I still don't know exactly how they did it, but it was incredible uh, to see those civilian airmen in mass, in force, uh, fight through that really remarkable way. And then our, our MSG, who I've looked at a few of the pictures when we go back to the, those days and we look at folks in mass or we had uh, we had robots that were uh, zapping rooms with ultraviolet light. And we had uh, the gym that had these these unbelievable cleaning routines, the CDC, which when you went in the CDC, it was like the cleanliest, uh, most scrubbed down, most sanitized place that I've ever been in because they wanted to protect the children. So every group, every group carried us at different times during that challenge. It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. That's one thing that over the past uh, couple of years uh, with yourselves and then at your group and your squadron leadership level is that every challenge that's come up, y'all go head first. Y'all don't shy away. Y'all attack it. You know, what What can we do right now? Uh, how do we solve it? What's What's the fastest way to do it uh, while, uh, you know, protecting our airmen and their families? 
that's that's certainly something that y'all and 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 it's trickled down obviously into the groups into the squadrons and and from there and it's it's incredible you know whether it's uh, omicron or whether it's preparing for a huge wing uh maybe event like an air show like all these moving pieces you know whether whether it is uh, a negative thing like covid or whether it's a really positive thing up and coming uh like an air show you all you guys did was go head first into everything and really attacked it yeah i'm proud of the team for that you know we have again it goes back to the, our our airmen have an amazing culture they they just problem solve it doesn't take it just takes enough um and usually very little guidance and direction from us to and and i think hopefully what they get from us is an understanding that we're working on their behalf and working hard on their behalf to um, equip them for success. And, and then they just, they just get it done and problem solve And it's amazing. I wanted to reflect on uh, some of the events, you know, some of the awesome, wonderful events that have uh, gone on during your, your time, you know, what are, what are some of the, some of the events that really stick out to the two of you? We talked about this in the car, um, and they, there's so many. There's First so of all, many uh, that it I is thought. hard to, to extract. You know the just a few, but I mean, as far as complexity is concerned, the air show was pretty amazing. The fact that we dared to do one one October, which for uh, most of our folks that work military time, uh, that's going into the next fiscal year. So you're doing all the planning the previous year, money and everything. And it's going to roll into the, the into the next fiscal year, which can present some challenges challenges on its own. It was our first one in five years, and you talk about efficiency and getting the right uh, the right performers as far as aircraft. Uh, we had the what the F sixteen demo team mm-hmm. uh, and a bunch of other amazing acts, and uh, even it, it went it went without a hitch. It did. The city was involved, and matter of fact, I think I I, I praise security forces because when we were done, they. They uh, they had about two hours planned to get to clear the airfield, and they did it within forty five minutes. Uh, and it's not because they were you know strong armed people; it's because th- that was how well thought out and planned out the the, the plan was, and, and they executed to no other. It was, it was, that was a proud moment. It was a I really think. proud moment. I think they got one day fifteen thousand people through the gates and back out again, and it it really was like clockwork. That is definitely a highlight for me too. The, the air show was absolutely incredible. But then there's some, uh, all the other ones were amazing. I think uh, me and Colonel Baker are very similar in that just be present, you know, and that's something I'd, I'd pass on to the next command team, just savor every moment and love on uh, all our airmen and our civics. Uh, it, oh, wow. Look, look at the lights. Uh, it's dimming out here. Our time is dimming out, sir. Um, but I thought that was incredible. It just, just how uh, you love on your airmen, they're going to love back. And I feel like every event was the representation of that. Yeah, uh, I mean the, um, you know, some of the big ones on the mission excellence side, the rodeo, the the rodeo was incredible to see. Not just the operators who are the best in the world at what they do and go out there and, and fly aircraft to the highest precision with the most excellence of anybody on the planet. The support folks from our LRS to our FSS and everybody getting on board. The med folks were. Were there they've been there on exercises doing you know tactical combat casualty care airborne really leading the entire air force on some of these things so 
you know, the, on the mission excellence side, it's been absolutely incredible. So the rodeo is a big memory, the flying rodeo, um, um, community, community side, you hit the air show, obviously the cattle drive, the two pace cattle drives were amazing. Amazing. Yeah. My job's to be on a horse. Yeah. How, how much better can it be? Um, with the, with the Longhorns run across base for over 25 years now, it's just to see the community just continue to support, um, that one is, you know, way up there. Uh, and there's, there's so many of them, you know, I could go on and on. Um, the legacy of the spear is another big one where we bring our homecomers back. You know, the folks who have gone on to do great, amazing things from Altus and come back and share that wisdom and share that life experience with our airmen, that one. Those, both of those stand out to me as well. As far as like fun, fun event, I mean, they're all fun, but just pure fun. Like I, I don't even remember really working that night <laughs> was the uh, annual awards, the yeah. recent one. I mean, before you walk in there, it felt like we were walking into a, um, into like a Las Vegas nightclub. I mean, obviously it was clean fun, but yeah. um, I mean, they were, the DJ had the music going, they had lights. Uh, flashing everywhere and it was just a, everyone had a great time after such an amazing year yeah and that was incredible yeah both of those were were really good high the air force ball <laughs> air force balls were off the charts you know and we there's 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 always a lot of talk on air force balls and things like that these days i feel like there's you know they can be um you can look at them through two lenses one is you know the the air the air force ball something that i have to go to Force fun, right? Force fun, which it's not, and it shouldn't be looked at that way. But there's a way to get it exactly right, which I think we did both times um, and got airmen out there, the folks that we want to connect to our culture and to our Air Force. And and they had an absolute – I mean, you're an airman. You, I mean, you, you saw the fun, yeah. you know, good, good, clean fun that folks were having out there, and it was amazing. And that's indicative, sir. The majority of folks on the dance floor that shut it down after all the official yeah. stuff was yeah. all junior enlisted airmen. Yeah. So that tells you right there that it wasn't forced fun. They actually yeah. enjoyed yeah, themselves. They, they didn't run away as soon as, soon as the, um, you know, the speeches were over, which is great. And we had over 300 folks. It was a big night, great nights. Um, those those stand out for Legend sure. Legend has it it was 397 people. 397. We'll go with that. <laughs> but there's so many Airman Jans, there's so many great events like that. First Sergeant's Dinner comes to mind. You know, that was an incredible um, event with our community that uh, taking care of the First Sergeants, just recognizing them. The On the mission side, again, the weather evacuation in May of 2022, where every jet, every jet was off the ramp or in a hangar for 43 aircraft on a mobility base. I've never seen an empty ramp before. There's usually always a jet that can't be moved and it wasn't the case. And what was the really beautiful thing about that is they trained. There were students on the lines training their way across the United States. And then they came back and engine running crew changed to do night lines. And so we really lost, we lost nothing, right? We lost no training. Remember the last jet, sir, we walked up to? Uh, it was already an empty ramp. It was yeah. last KC-135 on the ramp. We walk up there and we were just saying goodbye to the crew. Like, hey, uh, you guys are doing great things, and you, boss, you talked to the co-pilot. This is my first flight ever on the KC-135. What you tell her? I said, welcome to Air Mobility. <laughs> hey, but again, it goes to show, like, uh, we, our folks can adapt more than we give them credit sometimes. Yeah. And that was a perfect example. And they, and they did some amazing – all training was complete. So we preserved our jets. They got training complete. They probably uh, got some uh, enrichment training on top of that. 
and, and it was just a win all around. Where before it seemed like, again, no no fault of anyone, but it was kind of expected to just sit on your hands while the weather uh, passed by. And uh, this time we said, no, we're going to find a way to train and, and protect our assets at, on top of that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, you did a great job with that. And then, you know, I think uh, besides the the events, and there's again, there's just so many of them, you know, it's the, it's actually the, what really I think gives me most pride, warms my heart the most is just thinking through the interactions with, with airmen and families and how many of them are deeply connected and their quality of service is high. And that's, that's what we want. And, and there's times when we find that that's not the case. And, you know, Chief and I are always trying to see if we can move the needle and, and, um, and their leadership is too. But it's those memories, you know, it's, it's all the human, it's all the interpersonal uh, memories that, that I remember most. In fact, when I think about all of those events, I can think about a specific thing with um, specific airmen that are involved in that, that just, it's just a moment of pride. It's incredible. Absolutely. I'll share one of Colonel Baker really quick, because these are ones that he'll never hear. Uh, and hopefully I haven't shared this one, but we were flying to Airlift Tanker Association and we had a couple of generals on, on board and it was the file freeze date for senior master sergeants being looked at for chief promotion. File freeze meaning that you have to have all your records updated in the system for you to meet the board or you don't meet the board, which is, which creates some, some kind of, sometimes some, some consequential issues down the line. And uh, so two generals, they call us and say, Hey, sir, uh, we need you to re-sign this EPR. And uh, I don't think, Colonel, I don't think, sir, you were complete tracking that it was file-free. So I sat with you and I said, hey, sir, these are our two options. Either we try to sign this EPR or we accept it's going to be late. And he's in, like, what, what happens if he's late? He goes to the supplemental board. He's like, oh, we have to sign it. We have to sign it. And uh, we landed at Denver Airport. Um, I think you told the GOs you had some something really hot to sign. And in the next hour, going through your wife's Gmail and getting a secure site uh documents sent to you you were able to sign that report and um you know as a chief it just showed me that you're gonna pick taking care of airmen we'll we'll figure out how we got there but you're gonna pick taking care of airmen uh and the generals could understand uh and i feel like that was as a chief that was probably one of my proudest moments as enlisted to see an officer do that because i thought all right uh our ordering's correct here and it's pretty incredible so warm my heart. I, would, I actually share that story a lot uh, with our folks. Like, let me tell you what where my boss's head's at. If you really want to know um, what, what where he's going to order correctly with that, and he chose to take care of an airman uh, before entertaining the GOs, which we did. I think we did really well. Uh, but but he found that very important to do, and I thought it was pretty incredible. And of course, the debrief item was how do we prevent this from happening again? Because we don't want to we don't want to go to the twenty fifth hour trying to sign reports every single time. So. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people got a lot of de- debrief items on that. So, so our wing commanders not need to get spend an hour in a, in a bus having to do that every single time. But he's willing to do it if he has to when it comes to picking uh, an airman over over showing a lesson, if you will. Yeah, no, thank. I appreciate that, Chief. It, it really, I mean, that just that was fundamentally the right thing to do. Um, you know, and that goes back to we talk about. You know, administrative work is taking care of airmen, and it's important. And I try to use that that broader analogy for our uh, command teams, you know, that are out there when, when they feel like they're really under the gun in terms of administrative work. And so, you know, it's important because it is taking care of airmen. Um, for the record, I do need to say, uh, just so there was no Privacy Act uh, information transmitted to any private uh, email accounts or anything like that. So uh, don't, don't worry for the audience. Um, it, w- it was all done through the government server, but uh, 
I think to get a to get a uh, to get a funnel uh, back through the Wi-Fi, I think we had to get creative with that part. Uh, but the actual documentation, and everything was, um, you know, standard, standard. But uh, yeah, I remember that, Chief, and I appreciate that. Yes, sir. They, what they did was they sent you the link yeah. to the secure site. Right, right. That's there was no other way to connect, yeah, yeah. so they sent it to you there, which then connected you to a uh, secure site. Yeah. So just, that's how we got there. In case our <laughs> our com our com folks are like, whoa, 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 whoa really look into what, this. What's going on? Yeah, that's all good. Oh, that's uh, yeah. I've I've got I've got so many on Chief. What am I? What am I? I have so many great memories of of him. You know, working on behalf of Airmen. You know, one of the things I love that he does is mentors the officer corps. Um, you know, he, he does time individually with squadron commanders, uh, once a quarter and half, he, he makes rounds with squadron commanders. Um, he also makes rounds, um, you know, with the CGOs and some of the FGOs, um, that, you know, through different contacts or different engagements that you have. And so I think we we talk about the importance of senior NCOs and and the mentorship that they have, particularly with a command chief, um, that, that carries a lot of weight and it carries a lot of experience behind it. So, you know, his investment in the commanders is really fundamental to the future of our Air Force. And so that's the kind of pouring in thing that I think is important. And so, you know, I'd recommend for, you know, some thoughts are for the, you know, for our awesome teammates that are coming in, you know, that that kind of pouring in is great. And, and they're already wired to do that. We've had great comms with them. and We're getting some some incredible uh, folks that are going to succeed us and do great things. So oh, yeah. Colonel Jeff Marshall is going to be my replacement. He's the vice wing commander up at Fairchild right now. And so we, we have a monthly uh, hour long um, huddle that we do. And we just, in fact, had one for the change of command with him and his spouse, Brenna, and then myself and uh, Jen to make sure that, you know, we're in sync as we go into change of command. And so it's pretty incredible. So they're great folks, great American and, I'm just gonna just gonna pick up and and do great things. So that is comforting, right, Chief? When you yes. when you know the team that's coming in behind you will will take care of it. And and our our priority right now is, of course, continue to take care of the team, but uh, make sure we hand them a good aircraft, uh, hand them a stable jet, and then let them uh, do the great things they're going to do. So we're excited about that. Absolutely, they're coming together just like we did. Yeah, um, we Chief, would. Chief Brundage is coming. Uh, Yes, Chief Brundage, Justin Brundage, uh, coming in from Creech Air Force Base. He's the Group SEO. He's a career boom operator on the KC-10 that recently did a senior qualification kind of kind of thing on the RPA. So he's he's on remote pilot aircraft drones. Uh, so I love what he said at his interview. They asked him like, "Hey, Chief, you, uh, Altus, is this is this where you want to come?" He's like, "I want to go where the airmen need me." And I thought, "Whoa, that's the kind of." Uh, that's the kind of chief you want to to come to a place like this, uh, which I'm, I'm, that's another way we can talk about remote isolating all the things we move the needle on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just a lot of great wins. I mean, we can go on and on and and, and debrief these things. But um, I'm interested to see what other questions you have. Yeah, uh, funny you mentioned the debrief. Uh, I wanted to cover some of the some of the highlights that that we've had on the podcast. Uh, some of the members and r- right off the bat. Uh, we had at the time Airman uh, Airman Shoemaker, and who's gone on, and I don't I don't know if he's become yeah Lieutenant he's graduated he is an LT in he the United States Lieutenant Air Force Lieutenant Shoemaker now, and he he was our very first guest, and um, imagine just in that short amount of time I I think it's been maybe a year 
uh, in maybe a year and some change, like just in that amount of time, our our first guest on the show has you know already gone on to be uh, a lieutenant. You know, incredible. Yeah, when you put it in that context, it's that is absolutely amazing. No surprises there. I heard I got feedback that he did fantastic at officer training school. Nobody's surprised about that. And he's a lieutenant in the United States Air Force. That did happen fast. Those are the things, you know, that, those are the things that really matter to me. It's seeing people grow and watching a team grow and airmen grow. Yes, yeah, I remember him sitting down with me and giving me his intent of applying for OTS, officer training school, and uh, how now he realizes his initial dream because he still has a lot of runway ahead of him. He's going to Vance Air Force Base for undergraduate pilot training. And I'm excited to flight follow his career. Really, I'm excited to follow everyone's career too, including you, Airman Jansky. Look at you. You were A1C Chance. Correct. When we first met you, and we had the privilege and we had the honor and privilege to go to your pro ceremony. You got to meet mom. That's one of yeah, those powerful CW3 moments. That, that, that's a very powerful moment that happened for, for our guests who may not remember uh, previously when we highlighted it. But uh, when I had, uh, you know, my ceremony, my mother me not knowing flew all the way from South Carolina. I think it was two weeks after I moved, I helped my parents move from Minnesota to South Carolina. Two weeks later, my mother flew out here and surprised me. And it, it was all, I'll, I'll blame it on my, uh, my superintendent too, Sergeant Allen, who went behind my back to like plan it with my mother too. Good job, Sergeant Allen. Oh my gosh. And, and, that was just an incredible moment uh, because I was in complete awe and surprise. And, and you should, my face on stage was just like, what, what, what are you doing here? Mom? You, actually <laughs> hit it pretty, you actually hit it pretty, hit it pretty well. Did. Like you did not look like you didn't look dumbfounded or perplexed. You, yeah. you, you carried it pretty well. And uh, look at you now. I mean, senior, I mean, you're, you're going to ALS. Yeah. Uh, I'm in fact, next week I'm, I'm heading off to ALS. Uh, which I'm really looking forward to. It's just another step in, in you know, leadership. And hopefully um, I can learn a lot to better mentor uh, the other, the other airmen in the office, our, our A1Cs, uh, Airman Christensen as well. Uh, you know, it, like I said, it's just another step in, in that direction that I'm really looking forward to. It's incredible that you're going to ALS in a couple of weeks. It's just amazing to me. It is pretty, pretty amazing how fast things uh, move in our Air Force. It's amazing, but not surprising. No. You can tell right away. Like, oh, yeah. You, thing with these positions and years of being in leadership, you can quickly pick up what type of airman you're talking to. You, you get it wrong. And, you know, you don't try to hold biases against folks, but you can tell when everything's right. On that, and I can tell you, Airman Jantz, uh, you carried yourself with quite distinction, and you fulfill, you fulfilled our our my initial thought of you, and you continue to carry it on. I'm in, I'm proud I'm proud of you. I'm glad ALS Airman Leadership School. That's our entry level school to to get the privilege and honor to go lead airmen, like literally lead airmen um, to potentially prepare them to go to combat. And there's no greater responsibility with, with that. And uh, when we go talk to the class, we always remind them like, hey. Out of all this, out of awards, out of learning, the, the, the number one way we're telling you we trust you and congrats is by giving you American sons and daughters. And, and that's pretty powerful. 
Well, I have no doubt you're going to do well at ALS. I'm excited to see you go there and thrive. You think you think this perspective that you get from PA will, will help you? Most most certainly. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of uh, you know just from talking with people, a lot of ALS. Uh, it's a lot of public speaking, a lot of research, uh, and you know talking in front of people you might not know and uh, getting to know them. I'm I'm very extroverted. Uh, so getting to know my classmates, I look forward to it. Uh, yeah, I think that'll be an easy transition, um, as well as hopefully, you know, I can take whatever knowledge I know, uh, from my professional career over the past couple of years. And, you know, I can hopefully be a leader within that class as well. And I, I hope others can mentor me and because we're all going to come from different backgrounds. Uh, and I think just getting to know one another and just being a good influence on each other and really helping each other is really going to make that class just be awesome and just an awesome experience. I think you'll make lifelong contacts too in there uh, from different AFSC, from different jobs in the Air Force. And I think that's one of the biggest things is networking. And, and people hear this all the time, but uh, that's the most powerful tool is uh, uh, you're, you're more you're more useful to the institution when you uh, have more networking skills and you can make things happen rather than uh, we have to call every single time on your behalf because you, you have no connections or, or social capital in other areas. So, and I think you're going to fit very well in that, in that environment, sir. Agreed. You, we went way off. You, you did. Know, we, were, we were highlighting Airman Jens, Airman Shoemaker, and then myself, <laughs> uh, uh, but another another one of the podcast highlights I wanted to bring up was uh, Chief Thompson, Chief Kerry Thompson. I thought he had one of the most impactful stories um, about the adversity he went through early on in life and early in his career and and how he came up to where he is today and uh, what what he's what he did. Uh, he. PCS, obviously, but what he did for his airmen here at Altus Air Force Base, and I'm sure for his airmen right now, what he's doing for him. I thought he, he was certainly uh, an incredible interview. And like I said, really provoked a lot of emotion during during that. That's, that's what I was thinking, because I was thinking every single guest w was incredible in their own way. Mm -hmm. Chief Thompson definitely pulled heartstrings he is passionate um he's got heart and you can feel it through the mic i mean even when i listen to i still listen to some of the episodes and his like wow you can you can feel the passion the emotion uh through his words and uh, that was pretty powerful yeah he came to mind right away all of them were phenomenal um each with a different experience and something very profound to share chief thompson was um it was powerful. You know, it just, I think, I try to think about what about it, you know, obviously the, the story is one where, you know, we would all hope that we would have even a fraction of that level of perseverance and um, that level of fortitude in some of the circumstances that he has seen. But the way he delivered it and the his, you know, when you, when you interact with him, that's what you get. You know, you get that heart. He leads with his heart in such a way that you, you can't help but be inspired by him. 
and he's that all came out in the interview it was it was incredible it was a heck of a memory and a great way to send him off too because i think yeah. we're getting close to he was getting pretty close to pcsing around then if i remember that right in a couple yeah. he had a couple months yeah which is good because he got he was able to reunite with his uh with his with his amazing spouse yeah out of maxwell but yes and you know what really stood out to is he owned his failures i mean setbacks i would call them setbacks yeah. but he he truly articulated and owned his failures and how that made him a better a better chief. Yeah. And uh, I think that's powerful. And, it, and it's evident with, with his airmen. Um, and he still carries a legacy. The you know, security forces, they're doing great things over there. Yeah. And uh, he left his, he definitely left his fingerprints all yeah, over the place. Yeah, Big time. And uh, speaking of PCSing, uh, another guest I wanted to highlight as well was uh lieutenant colonel boyd uh he he just recently had his uh his change of command uh for those of you who don't know he was our 56th 56th air refueling squadron commander uh and i think one of one of the biggest things he brought up was it, leadership and how he broke down leadership as a science uh, if if you haven't listened to that episode, definitely go listen to it. Uh, and bring, it, a, and it, bring it, a new notebook. Yeah. Take notes. <laughs> it, because he just had a completely different thought process to leadership. He, you know, he he made what was maybe black and white into like gray. And he was just like, let's let's break it down just a different way. And that that was one of my most memorable moments uh interviewing interviewing him yeah and folks who know teddy boyd would know that's uh quintessential teddy boyd and uh he's graduated off to school right now and he's going to go on to do great things for sure and that was a that was a good episode to um yeah you know you you think uh you think chief thompson and uh you know that leading with the heart forward and um look at colonel boyd which there's there's certainly heart there um for teddy but there's also you know a lot of you know cognitive breakdown that and some you know some looking at it a little bit different way and so yeah we got a great diverse we got a heck of a diverse group of folks that came through yes and perspectives you know just things that this is what's this is one of the most wonderful things about the um the business of service which is you're always growing and learning and i learn every day and, and each one of these interviews has been incredible and even he shared uh, like he, he was there for 48 hours to get things done and yep. that wasn't working. So yeah. he had to change his ways. And I don't think I've ever met a more deliberate commander than him. He's very deliberate with his time, with, with the way he processes information. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Um, and it works. I'll tell you, he's taking that KC-46 uh, training program further than I've seen anybody else taking in such a short amount of time. So uh, he definitely moved mountains here, yeah. him and his team. And there's there's one thing that I, I just thought of, uh, you know, not to go off the rails a little bit, uh, but away from the podcast. During your time here, was there anybody uh, at Altus Air Force Base that may have made uh, one of, if not the largest impact on on either of you? I know we've talked about before, you know, throughout your career. Who was you know? Who were some of the most influential people? But were there were those were there some of those people or one of those people here at Altus that made that kind of impact on on yourselves during your time here? 
Wow, there's so many that I couldn't, I would not be able to do it justice by narrowing it down to a person. Um, there's many, many. Uh, some, of course, you know, some higher than others. So I wouldn't want to, I, I wouldn't want to diminish the the larger group and so many great folks out there by just narrowing it down to, to one or two, but there, but there's a lot. So I'll say that uh, there's a lot. And the interesting thing I think for me has been, um, it's in all facets. Um, there's community leaders out there who have had great impacts uh, on my life. There's airmen that have had great impacts on my life. And I mean that in the sense of our new junior young airmen. Uh, and then all the way up. And then, of course, it, it culminates with uh, with our chief here. Um, and then, you know, the, and, and you look at all of those different components and, and then you have you know, the, the family that's just, you know, uh, keeping me keeping me grounded. So it's so many it's so many that I couldn't. Um, but, you know, what I have tried to do over these last um, over this last 30 days or so is go reach out and find those people and um, make sure that they know that I make a dedicated, distinct effort to go thank them. Um, and that's groups of folks as well as individuals. So, um, and there's so many again, but I'm, I'm determined to make my way through at least as far down as I can before yeah. I go. Okay, Chief Chief. Same, I'll leave names out of it, but just the power moments. I, I had one situation, I flew with a crew. I was gonna fly with a crew, we had we were flying a, a KC-135 air refueling mission, so we need a receiver aircraft. And when we went out to the plane, we were doing our pre-flight, and the receiver fell out. They, they, they broke. They weren't going to be able to refuel. And immediately, the aircraft commander slash instructor pilot with students on board uh, started flexing. He, he, called, uh, he called wing scheduling and... Um, started finding other receivers, like basically like Beg Barlow was still out there to get the training done. So he's paid to be an instructor, but also to make the mission happen. And uh, um, did that. I mean, worked for like 30 minutes, uh, briefed the plan. We were okay with it. We found some some uh, receivers needed training. And uh, we refiled our flight plan. We checked, rechecked weather, rebriefed the crew, checked with maintenance. Hey, are you guys okay with us landing an hour later? And off we went. Accomplished the mission. On the way back, some B1s needed some training. We asked for opportunity AR, air refueling, and uh, the impact of that was they didn't have to go to the, uh, go on temporary duty for a week and deploy. So they were able to stay with their families and get that stuff done. We were able to do that, and they come back and land. And, um, you know, the message that's sent, uh, like, wow, we, we make very hard things look very easy. When I told the aircraft commander exactly what I just told you, he's like, yeah. that's kind of what we we're supposed to do. <laughs> Like, uh, I did. It is, did. but but just when you put it in perspective, our airmen do that every single day. What I also told what I also told aircraft commanders, you don't realize, but by your actions, you pay so much respect to all all the support and maintenance people that make this happen. Because the easy thing that you could have done was cancel the mission, and no one would have batted an eye. Everybody would have said, "Oh, you tried, and it didn't work out." No, you you jump through uh, every safe measure to make it happen. Uh, and what ultimate respect is that to all our support folks um, when you say, hey, uh, everything y'all did to get us to this point, we're going to honor that. We're going to honor that by uh, continuing to press and, and make things happen. I thought that's the ultimate way to say thank you to all the people that make that part um, happen. Um, so that's one example, but you see that every day. I've had airmen that I'm, we've had some like a tough week, 
maybe not tough. It's just been a long week, and just by talk, having an exchange with them, it, it just fills your cup, and you're ready to uh, go another ten hours if you need to. So it's been incredible overall. But yeah, to, to highlight one specific airman, uh, um, we could do that. But uh, there's so many that come to mind. So it's really the power of moments. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And again, that was that was on the, putting you both on the spot, uh, and just those you, stories. You have you been know. to commanders' calls, right, Airman? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is the definition of a commanders' call. Yeah, it's all uh, good. That was a you know. So Colonel Baker had a all civilian all call commanders' call, and that, and everyone warned him like, get ready for the gloves came off, come off, and. Yep. It was right after the vaccine mandate. Yeah. Like yep. a couple of days after. So and we'd already had it scheduled. So, you know, it wasn't going to wasn't gonna cancel. So essentially, you had like 10 slides and only one of them. And like half of the slide talked about the mandate. The vaccine mandate, yeah. And what do you think the questions were for the next 40 like, minutes? Forgot to it, was the man- it was all the mandates. Yeah. Stuff, but, uh, yeah. But you handled that with grace. And I think we gained a lot of... Uh, we gained a lot of credibility with our with our civilian force because uh, regardless of how we feel, they were thinking that. And we can like, oh, I'm the you can pound our chest and say we're the command team out there. You talk to us like that, or uh, you accept you accept a, a little grit in their in their lines yeah. of questions. And at the end, uh, a lot of people came up and, and shook your hand and and said thank you for listening to us. We, we feel heard at a minimum. And uh, but boy, that that was the toughest. Uh, that was the most intense commander's yeah. call I've ever been a part of. Yeah, me too. Yeah. And we were forewarned, and, but I think we hopefully gained a little bit of uh, net positive credibility with, with our team. I think we did. Yeah, I, I agree, Chief. That was, um, you know, and, and the important part was that you, that I have come to the conclusion now after you know, having a little time to think about this is, you know, our, and, and it should be, but our standard of accountability in the United States Air Force is extremely high. And that's part of it. I see it as accountability. It's, you, you know, in that case, I'm the, I'm the accountable officer to have this conversation and to hear out these very important members of our team, even if they're, uh, you know, it's a situation where there's, there's dissatisfaction or there's even emotions involved. Um, but I think, you know, that, that comes with, uh, that, that's part of command and that's part of accountability. And, and we, I, I never really thought about it in those terms. You know, we talk about accountability a lot, but when you actually think about what does accountability look like, um, it looks like contact with your community in those spaces um, when it's not always the great news or uh, maybe it's a more contentious issue. But I think that's a fundamental. But that was, uh, yeah, that was, you know, that was a uh, um, relatively, well, it wasn't relatively, it was an emotional and uh, difficult topic, but. Uh, I think we got it right by by going in there and um, you know communicating with our team. And that and day, we, and we and we got stronger. I feel like we got stronger yes. every commander's call after that. Yes, because it became less uh, maybe contentious. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, when you take accountability for that specific uh, group, accountability looked like transparency. Transparency. They demanded. That's, that's they demanded right. transparency. So yeah. you can have trust, yeah. but trust you can still kind of omit. Certain things, and sometimes we justify that as like that's just going to create chaos. So I do that. And transparency is like you're going to walk the dog, the good, the bad, the ugly. Uh, the words we're probably trying to stay away from in this, yeah. in this podcast, but uh, uh, that was a proud moment, I yeah. think, because it, it, it was an ultimate test of really humility and grace and 
hey, there's certain red lines, and I don't think our folks ever crossed our red lines, but uh, it was up there close to allowing them to get whatever they needed off their chest yeah. and, us, and us answer the mail on those things. And that's what transparency looks like sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, just one of, one of the last things I wanted to transition into is uh, your futures. Where y'all are going, what roles are you stepping into, uh, what, what the future looks like for, for both of you as you step away out of your positions from the 97th Air Mobility Wing? First of all, I, I'm trying, you know, I, it's a beautiful thing. Changes in command are, are a beautiful thing in the sense of um, when we when we transition command, we, we do it very with, with a lot, very intentionally, and we do it very deliberately, and it, it is a, a very symbolic and powerful event for, for reason. Um, and so I, I, I love that. You know, the, the concept is um, that we get a new commander in the seat and that that new commander carries the institution forward. So why do we do that? We, we do that for a lot of good reasons. One is to keep the organization fresh. One is to keep the organization moving. One reason is so that we have checks and balances on power. Um, so that we keep people circulating and moving. And I think there's the real beauty in that. You know, my job, uh, as soon as the change of command is complete and Jeff Marshall has the guide on, is to disappear. Yes. And, you know, it, it's hard to say that because I'm separating from my team, but there's a beauty in that. Um, and and that, is that is what, you know, good command leadership looks and feels like. Um, that said, I'm going to really miss it. I'm going to really miss this team. So I'm holding on pretty tight, but not in the sense that, you know, I, I, I don't want to separate from my team because we're, we're like family. Um, but I do love the idea. Uh, and I love our air force for having, um, that level of, uh, that level of accountability and intentionality and how we, how we do business. Um, it is, is the warrior way. So, uh, that said, I am off to, after this, it's going to be a pretty significant, uh, shift in terms of day to day. Um, I'm going to go to Secretary of the Air Force Inspector General Office. Um, so I'm going to uh, go there and get contact with my very first Pentagon assignment. So I am um, excited for the opportunity. Um, I think there is a lot to learn. I am going in with eyes wide open and ready to be the absolute best um, officer that I can be to serve our Air Force in that position. So I, I do know that um, the leadership I'll be working for is fantastic. So I'm excited about that. Um, it will be some good time um, with a little more uh, maybe predictable hours with the family, um, even though it'll, it'll be busy and I'll be working hard on behalf of the Air Force. But um, there's, uh, I think, some, some lifestyle with the family that will be good for us uh, there. And um, I'm, the family's excited. They, they're going to be – Jen and the girls are, are really um, – you know, really sad to leave Altus in many ways. They love it. The girls run around, they play in the Creek. Uh, they love their school. Um, and Jen is the same way with her spouses and families here. She's going to miss them dearly the same way I'm going to miss the team. Um, we're on the flip side of that we're also an air force family. So this is adventure and there's a, a bit of excitement. The girls are seven and 10. Um, and, and we know it's see you later. It's not, it's not, we're gone forever from Altus and we'll be, We'll be back when we can. So the bakers are, you know, feeling really humble, um, appreciative of all the opportunities we've had, whether it's here at Altus and 
whatever future opportunities at the Air Force thinks that we can make a difference, um, we are all in to do that and keep serving uh, until the Air Force, um, you know, thinks that we we can't make that difference anymore. And then and then it'll be uh, it'll be uh, that'll be great too. Whenever that time comes. Uh, but it's not right now, and we're excited about where we're going to be going in the future. Uh, we're we're sad to leave out this, but we know we'll be back, Chief. Uh, Chief, Chief, you're you've got a lot on your plate coming up too. Um, a little different flavor than uh, the Pentagon, though. Oh yeah, a much different flavor than the Pentagon. Uh, I back in February, late February, I found out um, I was hired to be the thirty first, the next thirty first fighter wing command chief out, out at uh, Aviano Air Base, Italy, um, and. That day when I found out, I was excited for about 10 minutes before I had to go and, and do some mentoring with, with the senior NCOs. And I think that's the last time I was excited. And, and I don't want to sound ungrateful uh, because I quickly thought, like, we have work to do here. We still have work to do. And people, I think like three weeks ago, someone asked me, hey, uh, Chief, you excited about going to Aviano? I said, you know, you're the first to ask me that, I think, like, like very, like this directly. And that's not the feeling I'm feeling right now. I feel sad. Like I'm feeling more sad about leaving here, and I'm sure after 14 July when we when uh, I had the guide on and, and, the, and Colonel Baker does the official change of command, uh, and, and our job is to get the heck out of here and, and let the next command team uh, give give them full you know their due. Uh, I think that's when I'll get excited. But until then, um, the overriding feeling is we're going for broke. Mm-hmm. Some Go that me and Colonel Baker share with it's written all over my my mm-hmm. my uh, note takers. Uh, I think we fulfilled that, sir. Yeah. Um, or we will by the time it gets to 14 July, but the overriding feeling is more uh, uh, just a, just an appreciation and admiration for the team here. And I'm sure that real feeling of, of excitement is going to get there. But as far as uh, this job really prepared me, I mean, uh, command chief jobs, especially host wing, is very similar in that they don't have a lot of uh, um, disparate units all over the place. They have a few, but it's one boss, one base, not a lot of tenants there. Actually, no tenants, I, I don't think. Um, and uh, really, it's going to be twice the population, four times you're looking at just military populations. So uh, the, the scope is going to be a lot larger, but you're going to have that much of a bigger team to help you uh, still make good, sound decisions. But did Altus prepare me for that? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, prepared me uh, uh, very well. And I'm sure being in a, in a foreign country, that presents other challenges. But uh, this has been the... I would say the, the assignment of a lifetime uh, so far and, and it's probably going to carry on. A lot of viewers don't know this or listeners, all 97 of them, but uh, the Triangle Y is our, is our uh, legacy patch that yeah. carried from World War II and I feel so strongly about it. I actually got tattooed on my uh, forearm. Uh, I'm branded and you know people go, like, oh, Air Force tattoos. People make fun of that. It's like, hey, this is the institution that you're willing to give your life with with others and what more powerful thing to uh get body art than that and i got it back things i thought even if i got fired now which i got it about seven eight months ago uh i'd be okay with 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 it being uh branded on my body so the 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 now the goal is can can i get colonel baker to get a little triangle wide on, on... <laughs> oh my gosh sounds like a challenge <laughs> yeah all right but that's a, i would say that's the one uh that's the one challenge that, that we have left Years, can I get Colonel? Can I talk Colonel Baker into uh, being a lifetime uh, family member? Why tattoo? <laughs> maybe maybe a teardrop. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. The, but this just brings us full circle, doesn't it, Chief? It does. Brings us full circle. 
Um, the, it's been the privilege of a lifetime. This has been, uh, this has been the most fulfilling experience I could have ever dreamed on, dreamed of, and then some. Like, and then some. And it's just all the it's all the memories of the people that I'm gonna I'm gonna take with me and, and the team and the culture. Uh, it's it's just been incredible, huh? Go for broke. That is our and 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 we are uh, the the calendar is full until the change of command on the 14th, and um, I'm gonna we're we're gonna ring it out all the way through. So excited about that. But man, has this been one heck of a ride? Go for go go for broke, right? Absolutely, sir. We just fist bump for everybody out there. Yeah, you do that too <laughs> for the viewers. Yeah, but uh, the last thing I wanted to ask you both uh, before we wrap up. Uh, it's get, it's getting there. We, we've been recording for a while. Uh, but the last thing I wanted to ask to our new command team from you two, what, what would you tell them about the airmen they're coming to about the base they're coming to, you know, what, what advice do you have for them? Uh, the, you know, in our conversations, I know they're, they're tracking and they're already excited. And, um, Colonel Marshall has told me a couple of times, you know, he can't wait to get here. And that's and I remember that's how we were too. We we couldn't wait. We're chopping at the bit. So you know I I th- I think they know. So it's uh, not advice. It's just more of I'm happy for them. Um, I'm excited for them. They 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 hit the lottery. Uh, this is the lottery of Air Force bases, and and they they hit it. They hit the whatever the big one is. The uh, the full full alarm, spinning yeah. light on top, jackpot. Uh, they've hit it, and they've got the absolute best of the best of the best in the entire world. We talk about inspired, the passion for what our airmen are doing. It's there. It's visible. It's real. There's there's hunger and fire in their belly to go do the mobility mission. Unquestionably proficient, best in the world, and adaptive. You know they're they're ready to rock. They're ready to learn. They're ready to orient to the strategic environment and go out and execute. And and they're coming to a place where we deliver air power for America every damn day better than uh, any other organization on the planet who does what we do. And so um, they're, they're in for one heck of a ride. I can't wait. What do you think? I think, uh, yeah, same not advice, but just what we learned. I think you could pull the thread just listening to all the vignettes we covered uh, this past hour and, and ni- this past 97 minutes is anything is possible here. You can yeah. literally, if you think it, you can get it to the finish line here mm-hmm. because – of our incredible airmen and their ingenuity, their imagination, our incredible civics yeah, downtown community. that will that will open. Um, I mean, they will they will part seas for you. Our incredible uh, leadership team uh, up at ATC and, and 19th Air Force and, and below and above that echelon, the great state of Oklahoma. Yeah, like I said, like to brag, I am from Texas, but I have become Oklahoma bred. Other than that, OU Texas rivalry, yeah. we're pretty similar. Yeah. Salt, you know, Colonel Baker likes to say salt of the earth. Uh, yeah. People from Valhalla. South Carolina, I would say that very similar people here. I would, I would, I would dare say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything that if you think it, you can get it to the finish line. And we never said "woe is me." Uh, we always found a way to, to to meet commander's intent. And there's a lot of momentum going behind a lot of the seeds we've planted, and I'm sure they'll plant plenty. But I'm excited to see some of these seeds bloom while, while they're here. Uh, but I, that's the number one thing I'll offer is uh, uh, there are no limitations here because of the the team we have, both military. And civilian yeah most most agile fastest moving community-based partnership in the world 
That's I really believe that. Yeah. And I, actually, one more thing. I hope they keep this podcast going. <laughs> there you go. We we got to keep uh, we got to keep Airman Jantz in business here. Yeah. We got to keep you. We got to keep you gameplay employed. Yeah, we we do have another spinoff idea as well. Yeah. Uh, the debrief after hours or after dark. You know, it's a same idea, but maybe it's just me one on one with uh with an airman. You know, somebody from round base, maybe shorter. Uh, possibly, you know, giving a little teaser, you know, yeah. po- possible idea in the future. Uh, and same concept, get to know them, uh, leadership, you know, that that kind of stuff, mentorship, so, uh, just more of a one-on-one conversation. Like, like debrief 360. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And then, because uh, then you can ask, look, look at us giving feedback. Already. I know. Look <laughs> at us debriefing already, but yep. that can be great because, yeah, we could have sampled some of those too when we came on here and... Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we did. That needs to be our next guest, right? Yeah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, again, sky's the limit yeah. on where we can take this, and ultimately, really, this is just a great way to connect with our airmen, uh, show a little bit of ourselves, some sample some of the folks that, that live amongst them and, yep. and serve amongst them, and and again, give that tough lessons learned, and even here, I think we hopefully we offered a couple things, either directly or indirectly, of of uh, how things have gone, some debrief items. Absolutely, and we appreciate you, Airman Jans. Yeah. I know we've told you thanks, but I mean, really, on behalf of us, thanks for capturing this. This Think about this. This is something that, you know, our kids and many others across that have been part of this, whether they're interviewees or come across us at some point, um, my family will remember this. You know, my little girls will listen to this one day. Uh, Think about that. You know, that's that's really that's really a precious thing that you put together here. And it, it all came from just your created your creativity. So, and, and that's what, you know, of all the things we talk about, like our Air Force is in good hands. You know, we have the right airmen who are going to do great things. And they're just people like you that, that make this Air Force special. So appreciate you taking the time to do this for us. It's absolutely, absolutely been a blast. It's been a heck of a ride. Yeah, with you and your coffee mug. And yep. your coffee mug yep. with that the moose on little, it. I had to get it in there. You thought you were going to debrief me. I was just like, oh, wait, it, I didn't get it, but... uh you, you know, sir, it's it's a two-way street. Uh, I can't thank both of you enough uh, for the time, you know, the time you two take out of your busy schedules to, to come over here. And especially with uh, our interviewees uh, and then myself. And it's been an absolute pleasure uh, get, getting to know both of you more uh, and it's not just the audience, you know, taken from us. It's myself live in real time. Uh, and, and it's just been, and I, there's not much more I can say, you know, it's, it's just on another level of appreciation uh, for, for both of you. Well, I think what, what, uh, I think the boss has the same idea, but what we can do to say, to fill those words is to personally coin you. On this podcast, which I bet is the first ever in the history of podcasts. But, uh, <laughs> double that, coin. Um, I want to give you my command chief coin. Um, I think it fits the boss's uh, vision very well. Skilled, motivated, optimistic, and assertive. The four things I look for, specifically in future NCOs. And you've definitely uh, checked every single one of those uh, in spades. So I want to give you my coin. Thank you, sir. Analyze. And I'll put one of these in your hand, too. And maybe one day uh, you'll have your own wing commander coin. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you. So for those listening, there was a salute out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been to 
enough ceremonies that uh, you don't you don't miss that salute. All right, it it sits in the back it, of your mind. So. It, just, it doesn't <laughs> resonate with the crowd. Yeah, they, they, there are certain things they expect. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it it saddens me deeply to wrap up this show, uh, especially with these two for for the last time. Uh, but episode nine point seven, it it's gonna stick. You know. It's going to mean a lot. And this whole podcast, like you said, it's it's going to be out there forever. And people are going to look back and, you know, it it's going to mean um, it's going to stay with us forever. And, you know, my my words are yeah. rambling on now. But as, as you can tell, it's it, this entire show means a lot to me. So well, I feel like I should say in there since I mentioned that my my children will listen to this one day. Hey, Sam and Alex. There you go. <laughs> so I'll give them the shout out yeah. that we didn't that we didn't get out there. So yeah, and that's a you know I, I debrief item, and I'm, I'm over to the to my my wife Letitia, uh, who I can tell you the, the culture for the spouses as as optimized too with Miss along with Miss Jen and her daughter Kendo as I mean, she, she's coming to her own here as, as a young lady, and my son Giovanni he's living out living his best life out in Florida, but uh, Altus community and the base really welcomed us with open arms and it's been an incredible journey here here yeah well that is a wrap it's a wrap for 9.7. the debrief podcast 9.7 thank you colonel baker thank you thank you chief flores this is airman jans we're logging off episode 9.7 thank you everybody.